This week, the number one show on Netflix was The School for Good and Evil. Hey, Justin. Yes, Dave. Why are people watching this? I really don't know, Dave, but let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dave, this was a hard one. I, I'm angry. This made me angry. No, me... Nothing usually makes me angry when yeah. I do these. Sometimes I'm just mildly annoyed. I just got angry. I was frustrated. I was too. I took a break. Yep. I went upstairs after it was over and had like a 45 minute monologue about the nature of good and evil (laughs) for my family to listen to. I've calmed down since then, but now I'm back. So, so here we are. This is why are people watching this? The podcast where three friends normally, but just today it's just me and Dave get together, watch the number one show on Netflix and then ask and answer the question. Why are people watching this now? Poor Ashley. She did watch this. But then realized she had a conf- she had a conflict tonight, so she can't be here. Yeah. So she watched this for nothing. Oh my god, that would make me even more angry than I am now. <laughs> Imagine how she must feel. I know. Oh, oh my lord, this I I think this is the most amount of notes I've ever taken. I look and you've got four or five four pages. pages there. I don't stuff. even. I was thinking, oh, it's going to be pretty light without Ashley here tonight. But I'm thinking, oh, thank God she's not here. It's still going to be a seven hour podcast without yeah. her. I've got a synopsis that goes on for a page, for God's sake. Well, I'll do a short one then, and then you do your synopsis. Here's my... Well, you want to hear what Netflix oh, has shit. to say first? Yeah, okay. What's the, what, how does Netflix describe we're this We're totally mess? thrown off. We're just so I'm, eager to just chomp into this thing. I feel I feel like I sound downtrodden and browbeaten, and, yep. I, and I am. And you sat in your glasses, so now you've got these kind of... <laughs> Your glasses look a little more harsh than the the old. Yeah, and they're all scratched up. These are ten year old glasses. Yeah. I can't see, Dave. I'm angry. Yep. I'm confused, and I'm upset. <laughs> all right, let's. What is this? Rain it in. Here we go. We're gonna hear what Netflix has to say. <clears throat> Best friends Sophie and Agatha find themselves on opposing sides of an epic battle when they're swept away into an enchanted school where aspiring heroes and villains are trained to protect the balance between good and evil. Are, are they? I don't know. I don't Who, think they I are. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, know either. Okay. <laughs> I'm already... The uh, synopsis confuses me. Yes. All, All right. right. I'll give you my synopsis. Okay. Give me your synopsis. I need your synopsis. Give me your synopsis. I need your synopsis now. I think this story was written by five writers asked <laughs> to create the next Harry Potter franchise who then rented a ski lodge together in Colorado, (laughs) spent an entire weekend dosing themselves with LSD and cocaine, not eating or sleeping at all, and just typing out every idea that came into their heads into an old MacBook. That's the only way I can explain how this story came into being. Wow, that would be an interesting movie, actually. The making of would be more just interesting than this. Five dudes in a cabin all yeah, coked just... up going like, yeah, and then, and then he stabs them, and then, and then there's like blood magic, blood magic, ah, and everything turns red. Like, it's so weird. Oh, my gosh. All right, well, let's, hear oh. your, let's hear your essay. All right, I'm going to try to get through this. I wrote it in such a fervor of anger. It's probably <laughs> half illegible. But oh, gonna... was it like that pen in the book? It's just scribbling away. Yes, just it's like narrating, narrating at the same time. Scribble, scribble, narrate. All right, here's what I've got. <clears throat> Morpheus commits fratricide, <laughs> then becomes the good headmaster of boring Hogwarts. <laughs> where the ad nauseum dedication to the theme of good versus evil confines all of the characters to a two-dimensional world 
where the only way to differentiate yourself is by how over the top your evil Dracula voice is. <laughs> That's correct. It is hard to know what the message is here. Low budget Snape pours soup on everybody <laughs> and tells them to be more ugly, while a bored looking McGonagall tells everyone to smile. <laughs> <clears throat> Is this a narrative about the world we are in, where everything is right versus left, liberal versus conservative? If good is preordained to triumph over evil, do morally good decisions even have meaning? <laughs> unfortunately, this movie had two hours to entertain <laughs> and answer these questions, but unfortunately, it does neither. No, it does not. <laughs> it just keeps repeating things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like low-budget Snape. <laughs> Poor soup. Uh, it's yeah. funny. Okay. You nailed it. Well, this should be brief, but what was okay about this? This was okay, I guess. Could have been a lot better, but also worse. Oh, wait, that's on page four. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Well, you went backwards. You couldn't even stop. Okay, okay. I like the hairless cat. (laughs) <laughs> there was a hairless cat in this it was great yeah uh okay but for real let's see the shadow monster that pulled people into the forest looked pretty cool mm-hmm. i like the look of it because yep. some of the cgi stuff was garbage right but i like that and i like the 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 pumpkin guy fighting that was an okay pumpkin guy yep um back to the jack o'lantern uh, we're back to the jack o Oh, don't even get me started on mythology problems. Um, <laughs> I, 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 okay, so the sets and the costumes looked pretty interesting. I mean, it's still like low-budget Disney film-looking stuff, but yeah. at least they had sets yes. and costumes. You know, it wasn't all CGI. Yeah. So that was nice. Um, there are a lot of famous people in this, but I don't know if that's a plus or a, a negative for their acting careers. A lot yeah. of famous people. There were. A lot of people, like, you almost forget, they were breezed over so quickly. It was like, was that a famous person I just saw? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them. Nuts. Uh, yep. So that was cool. Um, let's see. Uh, I like that the, the evil guy had an English accent and his <laughs> twin had an, the good guy had an American accent. <laughs> Because at first I thought, oh, I'm like, this is going to be a joke. Because it started out with ridiculous wire work and this dumb fight. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be a funny send up of like the right. fairy tale genre. And he's, yeah. of course, he's got the English like accent. Princess that's, Bride or yeah. something going on. Like, yeah. that's hilarious. And then and then it was. See, I didn't even notice that. So the two young Morpheuses both had different different uh, accents. Yeah, because Morpheus Morpheus, mm-hmm. he has an American accent. Right. And so when he was playing young Morpheus, Morpheus, he had the American accent. And I thought that was neat. And then it turned out to be the accent thing made me almost want to throw myself out of an airplane. <laughs> um, I like that the bald girl says, the bald evil girl. Yes. She says, we should eat them. <laughs> I laughed out loud at that. And that may, except for a couple parts that weren't supposed to be funny, that may have been the only time I laughed out loud. Right. And then I liked the scary old lady makeup on the weird uh, blonde girl. Right. I I'm thought not... it looked kind of creepy. Right. That's yeah. it. Yeah. D- Dave, what do you got? Um, I like the idea of dog-headed guards for some reason. I mean, the CGI was horrific, but it was like, <laughs> but it was like, it was kind of cool. I was like, yeah, dog-headed guards. I like that. Like, sure, there'd be dog-headed guards or okay. wolf-headed whatever. I don't know what they were. Playing like, the piano or whatever. I like that 
the choice with the the girl Sophie's eyebrows. They didn't try to like make them smaller or. But that's the thing, man. Hip <laughs> giant eyebrows are hip. Are they really? Yeah. Plus, plus also like it is a trendy thing with the Gen Zs, the big eyebrows. But also, she's a dark haired girl. Right. And so then they put a blonde wig on her, but her eyebrows were still the, her normal color, I assume. Yeah. And so that st- makes them stand out. They're even more prominent. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting choice, and I was like, bravo. Right. They didn't try to like whitewash her into like having little thin, skinny, blonde eyebrows. But, but I swear to you, like, I swear to you, these giant. Now, have a look around now. Look okay, at all the kids out thing. there. Yeah. Drive through town on a Saturday night and look at all these. Just some, uh, like Groucho Marx. Type it's a bunch of Groucho Marxes. You give this girl a cigar and she's going to be a vaudeville act like you've never seen. Dude. Okay. Um, the dragon tattoo that turned into a real dragon. That was really the only cool thing that I liked in this and far mm. as far as like the magical things that happened. I thought that was cool. I liked that character. It was like, oh yeah, cool. You got like a dragon tattoo that turns into a dragon. Everybody else's magic was just nonsense, I thought. But hers was kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. So that I, was yeah. that was fun. Yeah. Um yeah, again the sets like you, you commented on, they definitely sunk a lot of somebody who was doing the set design and the the clothing design and stuff's definitely yep. s- sunk a lot of time and energy and thought into it. I mean there was pretty spectacular sets and backgrounds yeah. here. And so. it was all re- a lot of it was real, not overuse of CGI for backgrounds, which is yeah. good. So that was good. Um gosh, I really that's that's really all I can come up with. I'm sorry. And I, I really apologize. I really feel like after I, I was done watching it and I was angry, and I was like, oh, this guy, I'm, I'm just, it's just a wrong headspace. I don't know if I was like frustrated because it was, I, it t- this took me three or four sittings to get through this. Yes, same. I would sit down and watch it. And I'd be like, God, is this still on? Like, is this still happening? Are is they this... still talking about I'm in good the wrong and school? And yeah. Good and evil? <laughs> I was like, let's move on. Right. But I just got so frustrated. But then I felt like, well, there's I'm, I'm overlooking maybe some good things about this. Because like Charlize Theron is in this. Right. As you know, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, they're, they're great. You know, Kerry Washington. Yeah. Like yep. these people are amazing. Act- uh, Michelle Yeoh, for God's sake. Yes. Right. Yeah. Doing nothing. Yeah. You- she could have been a CGI dog too. It didn't matter who was there. It's a real, it's a real misuse. So of everyone. that's what I mean. After I look back at the cast, I'm like, oh, I must have missed something. I must have just been in a really foul mood, and that's why I didn't like like a lot about this. But well, I tell you, I woke up today and was happy for once, and it was weird. And I spent the whole day <laughs> feeling kind of happy, and like I cleaned the house, and things were going really well. Yeah. I swear to you, when I started watching this, I was in a bizarrely good mood, abnormally for me. Oh, okay. And then it turned me into what I am now, which is bitter and back to my normal angry <laughs> self. So this, this, even if you had been in a good mood, I think it would have done this to you, okay. Dave. Okay. All right. It brought All me. Right. Da- it brought me out of my happiness and back into my normal funk. Well, seeing that you're in the same boat makes me feel better about about the whole experience. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somehow <laughs> seeing you suffer as well thank you dave all right well do you have anything else that you liked about it nope all right let's move on <laughs> come on and tell me what you don't like i'm gonna tell you what i don't like come on and hit me with your insides crumbles and rides. all right i I, I literally have three full pages oh of my notes, gosh. so I don't know how to even start. Okay. So can you just get the ball rolling? I'll just I'll... start with something that you mentioned that you liked, which I also thought was cool, was the smoke monster thing. Yeah? That 
I liked it, but then I then they they got rid of it. It was like that was kind of cool. It was like the smoke monster, but then so this kind of spurred me off at the same thing. I just wrote about a page of just like scream questions, you know, the kind of things you'd scream at the screen. Oh, but, what do you but got? The, but the first one was just smoke monster to the bird. Like why? Why though? Why yeah. not just have the bird come down and take them and go like, or take the smoke monster takes them all the way. I don't know. Why do they need two of them? What are those birds? Yeah, what are they? Are they are they from the? I was yelling earlier. I said I was having a whole monologue yelling about things, mm-hmm. and one of the things I was yelling about was these birds. And my wife, who's an expert in like fairy tale stuff, she's like, "Oh, that might be Eastern European, like Russian Baba Yaga skeleton bird thing." So that might have been a real thing at least because i just thought it was a complete nonsense thing i'm like what is this stupid skeleton bird where did the shadow guy go he was great what which which brings me to another point is like i was starting to think okay am i am i uh like fairy tale stupid like is there things here that i'm supposed to be picking up on like is the smoke person part of a fairy tale that i don't know about or that i should know about is the are the birds part of a fairy tale that i don't know about because this seems to be all about this fairy tale world. So I was constantly looking for fairy tale references um, that I just kept either not finding or feeling like they're there and I just don't understand them. Oh, don't worry, Dave. <laughs> I think I don't think of the of either you or the movie who is the idiot. It's not you. <laughs> um, so I just I got I had some questions. Now these are yeah. legitimate. Yeah, you fire it, away. The movie started out. Yes. And of course, everyone's dirty because for some reason, before 1900, everyone was dirty. And I don't <laughs> know why humans only thought about cleaning themselves in cinema after the, the 1920s, apparently. Mm-hmm. So they're in a dirty village. And it's called, what is it called? It's got a name. Gate. No, I don't know. Who gives a crap? Anyway, it's vaguely <laughs> in English or Germanic sounding. Yeah. I don't know. Where was this set? And in what time period? Because it, it, the village that they're in was the real world, and then they right. get taken to the fairy tale world. So they're supposed to be representing the real world. Yes. But in this village, people are speaking in American accents a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but they're wearing like those tri, uh, tri-corner hats, yes. which are from the, as far as I know, uh, 17th or eight, uh, 18th century, Yes. mostly in France. Yeah. Or Spain, but they're not in France. No. And then there's some people who are wearing uh, sort of other stuff from England for sure. There's some Germanic stuff. Uh, some of it was from the 19th century for sure, because they're also talking about my mom worked in a factory. I'm like, factory? I thought we were in like 1580. Why is there a factory? <laughs> the industrialization hasn't been invented yet. Mom works in a factory, but the guy next door lives in the 1530s. There was no rhyme or reason to know. To, there were no waypoints to tell us where it was set and in what century? And there was that choice they made to like, they're they're talking as if it's modern day, like a, a school cafeteria in like modern they, day, right? They so reference a school, and so yes. then I then I googled the history of schools in Europe, and like uh, even if you are generous and say this is in the late uh, mid eighteen hundreds, like there wouldn't have been like a school that all the kids went to for another like hundred effing years. Yeah. So that didn't even make any sense. At which point I'm like, oh, it's like a joke world but it's not i think they're supposed to be representing the real world and they just they what the hell were they doing (laughs) 
Why? <laughs> just set it somewhere real. Be like Salem, Massachusetts, 1852. Great. Yeah. And instead, everybody in the proper period costume. In the proper, with the yeah. proper Like not with five different uh, yeah. dialects. And, yeah. Why is that guy Australian and that guy's English and this girl is she's the, it's from the Caribbean? I guess I'm not sure what's going on. And then the rest of them are just from California for some reason, <laughs> which won't exist for another 250 years. But they're somehow from there. It was very confusing. So that part drove me crazy. Anyway, sorry, Dave. What else did you yell at the screen? Uh, well, right off the bat, I was like, you know, and I know this gets kind of resolved in the end, but good Morpheus kills his brother, kills his brother, right? Pushes him off a cliff. He's dead. And then somehow becomes like the good guy, the, like the, the headmaster of the good school. And I'm like, he killed his own brother. Like talk about the mark of Cain, right? Like this guy basically killed his brother. So then how, what? No one questions, like, you know, what happened to your brother? <laughs> or and, who are you? Yeah, or who are who you? Who are you? And, and my understanding, like, the world building at first is, like, they're dueling, and the concept is the world needs to stay in balance, and the only way it is is that these two people both exist. And one and, of them's dead. And they're fighting, and that, that keeps the balance. And all of a sudden, one of them is dead, and then the other guy seems to have aged, like, uh, you know, 40 years. And so for 40 years, there's been no balance in the force. There's been no balance between good and evil. Yeah. What's happening in this world? Is it completely unhinged? You know, does does anyone know that this is the case? No, does everyone no know? one spots it. Right. Because the, the whole, for that entire period, however long that is, it could have been centuries, good and evil seem to be in balance. And only now does a girl show up and they're out of balance for the first time. So, and then I was wondering, is the headmaster supposed to be like a mythical figure nobody knows that he's a mythical figure and he just happens to get this job as the headmaster or do they know that oh that's this guy well because they all seem to know who they're talking about when they talk about his dead brother so this, there was exactly no world building whatsoever and <laughs> that's what drove me crazy about this right because they just they plunge you into a world where nothing is explained uh, in terms of the the actual world that you're in because like how old are these two brothers? Right. Were they made at the beginning of time? Is this a Genesis story? Are they like Cain and Abel? Is this yeah. a Christian story? Is there a, 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 a mo is it monotheism? Is there a single God that has made them? None of that. Where does magic come from? Who has it? What is blood magic? How did he find blood magic by meditating? That assumes that there's layers of magic. So wait, wait, wait. So now we're not talking Christian at all. We're talking what? What exactly? And and how long ago? How long have they been on the earth together? Was it literally just 40 years ago that some <laughs> god put two brothers down to balance good and evil? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Why is he aging but the other guy's not? Or what's like and how do all of these other evil witches and fairy tale people know who anyone is? Like you said, no explanation. Also, where is this set? And in what time period? Why Start there. Start there when you're building a world. Tell us where you are. Right. Because a lot of these characters, it's like, oh, that's the son of, you know, of King Arthur. Oh, and that's the, and then, you know, so then there's King Arthur, but then they're talking about the Sheriff of Nottingham's and, son. And that's like a whole different time period. And Captain Hook, Captain which Hook. was written in, as far as I know, maybe the late 19th century, early 20th century. That's like 100, 200 years out. <laughs> and there's also Greek myths. There's a fucking Cyclops in this for some reason. Like, what, where, what's happening? Like, I don't, yeah, see, that's the tone. That was where I was in about 10, 15 minutes into this. I was very much where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Because how can they be referencing a fairy tale, whatever the hell that means, from the future? That's what Captain Hook would be. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. How, where, I don't, is it a pocket universe? Like a pocket dimension. 
or something. Oh my god! And, and it seems like there's a lot of exposition in this, but <laughs> nothing's. It's, but nothing. It's, it's like the last thing we watched, right? There's, it's all exposition <laughs> and nothing. Like, you know, there seemed like there was a lot of talking about readers and and this book that's writing itself. And yeah. like that, these people are in training to like keep fairy tales alive. I still don't know what in the hell the purpose of this school is, right? I don't understand anything because <laughs> that gets to the bigger question, which we'll get into later, about what are they even talking about? They keep saying good and evil, and it seems to mean nothing. <laughs> but I want to go back to these. Um, oh, I at some point, I like most of the way through the movie, I'm like, wait, what are these schools actually set up to do? That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Are teaching people to be heroes and villains or they already have heroes and villains and they're teaching them how to fight or tell good stories. They're trying to seemingly make the evil people ugly. They go to ugly class, make them better at being evil people. I don't. And that what really bugged me was like, there's a whole class dedicated to like, let's see what your magic can do. And all the girls and the other boys too, they, all the witches or whatever they are, they start doing magic. The dragon comes out of that girl's shoulder. The other one turns her desk into chocolate for some fucking reason, and then and then she calls a bunch of bees in, and that. But then later in the movie, they're like, "And now it's time to prick your finger and get your magic." Right. Wait a minute, we already had magic class. Why are they only getting? Wait. So then I didn't understand who, where's magic coming from, who has it, and who doesn't. Yeah. I, I was totally lost just on that. Well, I was wondering too. Is this like? You know, there's the obvious Hogwarts ripoff, but is this a school to train these magic people on how to use their magic better? Or are they getting magic here? That's like what I that's mean. what the prick is like to what give them it? magic. Yeah, it's like an inoculation of magic, and then some of them don't seem to be magic. Like uh, King Arthur's son, he's got a magic sword, but he's not magic. Well, he's but just... he's jumping around like some sort of crazy magician. Or well, everyone's maybe so. on wires. <laughs> I'd, it was really, I, I honestly was like, well, usually when there's magic involved, like in Harry Potter, yeah. it's like, well, you you know, you can be muggle-born or whatever, like it's in you, you can learn it, yeah. um, but you have to learn to control it and it has to be explicitly taught. Okay, there's some rules set up. Right. But here it's just like, I don't know, one girl's got a dragon tattoo for some reason. Yeah. And then the other one gets pricked in the finger and now she can levitate people or whatever. <laughs> but she couldn't before, I guess. Why? I don't know. <laughs> And what's what's the point? Like, is she gonna take that into her story? See, this whole thing with the, the story that's writing itself, I didn't even understand that. Is there like one story that gets written every semester? Like, what's happening? What is this book doing? Why is it just this one idiot girl's story? There's lots of stories. Also, like, it get it got real weird because at some point the they're they're like, I can hear you, narrator, which was weird. They yeah, when they kind of broke wall. that wall, I was like, wow. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, and then there's a, and then there's a book, and it's writing out what they're doing as they're doing it. Yes. But it also seems to be guiding them to do the things that they're doing. So then it gets into this deeply philosophical yes. problem well, determinism. Yes, well, that's what happened, right? It's like, okay, is the book <laughs> determining what is good and evil? But is... they, don't, they don't talk about it. Yeah, and there's there's no moral framework because we don't even know no. if it's a Judeo-Christian good. No. In, like, is there is there an overseeing God that's even yeah. gives a crap about anything? <laughs> no, any of this? there's no there's no moral framework. <laughs> well, as it gets into my main thing, oh, we'll, we'll get there later. I want to go into the moral framework later, but I first yeah. I want to talk about Agatha. Yes. So Agatha, Agatha is the the. There's two girls. There's Blondie, mm -hmm. Blondie white chick, and then Sophie. Sophie. Yeah. And, and then Agatha. Agatha. Yes. So Agatha is is from a potential witch-using family. She's got dark hair. Right. She's, I guess, the bad one. But the problem with Agatha is she's the 
she's the yin to the yang of the blondie princess girl. Yeah. And they keep describing her as sort of like bad, smelly. They call her smelly at some point. Dangerous, weird, uh, doesn't look like a princess at all, is ugly. They describe her, oh, the kids used to tease me back home. I was ugly. Th- this girl, the way the, the casting and the way it was acted and the way I mean, she was none of those things. She no. looked like the princess. Right. She's pretty. She's yeah. dressed completely normally. And right. everything she does is completely nice and normal and pleasant. And in no way does she embody any of the things they keep trying to tell us this girl is supposed to represent. Right. That drove me bonkers. Right. I mean, she's not ugly. She's not evil. No. Why is she sent to the evil school? They don't even... Because I think the point of this was like they swapped. The evil girl went to the good place. The good girl went to the evil place. But they don't even call her evil. Right. Right? So what the hell is happening? I don't know. With this Agatha. Yeah. Well, the other thing with... I, I don't usually pile on to the actors because, I mean, they're doing their job, right? Yeah. But whatever choices were made that they said... To, to tell Agatha she had to do all of her lines in this kind of exasperated, over-the-top, like, pleading voice, which uh-huh. to me, <laughs> by about, you know, 20 minutes in, I could like, I was like, just say something that's not in this crazed, like, oh, you need to not, you know, just, uh, I couldn't stand it anymore. I just oh, couldn't no. stand it. Well, she was on my list, of I, I didn't mind her acting. I liked her acting. Oh, okay. So, but I understand what you're saying. And that's because, again, they're just, they're trying to make her in some way to be. Yeah, they're, I think it's because it's so forced because they're trying to make her something that she's not. She's not because she's no. not any of those things. No. Not in her wardrobe, not in the casting. She embodies none of this bad character thing. Yes. Um. Anyway, so there's that. I got cops. So good. Dave, what do you got? You yell some more things before I just move on to my giant list here. Well, even at the very end, like I was hoping, okay, it, well, for starters, there was way too many endings in this. Like it just kept it, ending and then re-ending. It was and an then, hour too long. Yeah, it was too long. You know, I was like, okay, a couple of things. First off, I kind of had a glimmer of hope early on when they said, oh, the only way to, you know, resolve this problem is with 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 love's first kiss or whatever <sighs> the hell, right? Like, that's going to overcome all this nonsense, right? That's the only guiding principle in this world is that love's first love's kiss or whatever. Uh-huh. So I thought, oh, I see where this is going to go, is that Sophie and Agatha, because this is so heteronormative, right? Like, it's over the oh, top yes. heteronormative. It's, it's interesting because it's very inclusive when casting. Like, there was even someone in, like, a medieval wheelchair, right? <laughs> and, like, so they, they did this inclusive casting thing to yeah. some extent. Right, to- a little bit of tokenism because you only see these people for half a second, um, but then like the wor- but then just like so gender normative, like they're yeah. just boys and girls. The, the yeah, the boys, the girls. Nobody they had some princes and the princesses. Oh yeah, a and all right that stuff. And hard the, down the middle and the ball where you yeah. have to like find your true love's kiss and all that stuff. So I was like, oh, I know what this is gonna be. In the end, they're gonna kiss. Yeah, and it's gonna they'll they realize, oh, you know, you were more than just my friend, and you know, that's what have, I thought they were gonna. That's a hundred percent where I thought this was going. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then I realized, no. And no. of course, then at the end, they kind of do this thing. It almost felt like, like you said, the cocaine was wearing off. <laughs> They'd been in there for six days. The LSD that was all gone. They just wanted to get home. And everybody just kept throwing out ideas. Well, okay, we'll end it with her getting killed. And they're like, no, she's going to come back to life. Yeah. No, they're going to go home. But no, the other girl might stay. <laughs> but no, they're going to go home. And when they get home... And they got to go back. They got to go back. Right? <laughs> but even when they, so they get home. So that's the where I was leading with this is they get home and they've left this magical world. 
Um, and but some reason they both still have. They the have blo- finger magic. They still. have finger magic, which was the blood magic before. It was but now coming it's out of not. The fingers, but now it's she not. Out. It's unclear. Did, are they going to be magic beings in an unmagic world now, or <laughs> is everyone in this world they've come back to magic and they just don't realize it? Were no they magic idea. all along? Did they get their magic at the school? Hard to say, Dave. I don't know. Who knows? Um, can I just have a quick word about the sword dance? <laughs> when the when the princes all come in and they're doing yeah, a dance. There were too many sword dances. I was very uncomfortable. Okay. I did not enjoy that. Um, and then at some point I realized, like, oh, this has to be – it's based on a book, one would think. Yes. And it's actually what – I guess they must have done based on how frantic this was, yeah. was there was about 150 books that they tried to squeeze into one two hour movie. Yeah. And uh, I think there's at least three full length books that they tried to cram into one movie. Oh, okay. That makes and sense. And that, that's why everything is nuts pants. Yeah. Um, Which is unfortunate because they opened this door. Ob- like I've never seen a more frantic attempt at opening a door for a sequel than this right <laughs> it was desperate it was a desperate like just a plea for i was like well why did you have to cram so much into the first one if you were going to plan a sequel for oh, this? i know they could this could have been a 20 part like miniseries just do book one just do here here's them at here's build all, it up. The, all that you need to know about magic good and evil school oh my god you're right yeah. oh lord there's a lot going on so let's let's get before I get into page two here. We're only on page two. Good I'm, lord! I'm on page be... one. Oh, the Cupid. The students are allowed on the ledge as the Cupid chases after her and seemingly tries to kill her. Right. W- was weird. Well, and also the fairies, which were supposed to be Vampires. a part of the good thing, but they were they were biting and couldn't evil. understand that at all. Yeah. I, I just, so. Let's just get into this good and evil problem. Yes, let us do that. I don't have notes on this because it was just a pervasive problem, which is, as you pointed out, over and over again, all they said was, I'm in the wrong school. I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. That got old. That was an hour and a half of the movie. Yes. What does good and evil mean? Because these are fairy tales they're talking about where Mm. there's like bad guys who are training to be evil and then good guys are training to be good. Right. But it assumes, what is it assuming? Cause there's Agatha is this voice of modernity. Who's like, well, you know, according to modern science, there's a bit of uh, moral, moral relativism in the psychology of every human being. And we're both good and evil. And, but that she kept repeating that, but it yeah. had no impact on the actual narrative. No. Like that didn't affect anything. No. Nobody came to that conclusion except her. She no. might as well not have been in the movie saying it. The rest of it was just based on good and evil. But then the evil guy, who's the embodiment of evil, ends up making this blood pact with the protagonist and then wants to destroy everything because that wasn't the real evil. That was fairy tale evil, and he wants real evil. Yes. So what the hell is anyone talking about? What's the framework for good and evil? Well, it's it questions the powers, the power levels here, right? Like he's, so he's he's he doesn't have enough power, I guess, without her somehow to push the the whole world into this evil. Why though? Uh, yeah, and why does he even want to go there? Like, why well, does why? he? Yeah. Why does what does that make him more powerful? Powerful to do what though? I don't understand. Yeah, what once world the world is building. all evil, what then? What then? You yeah, know? yeah. And Who's then, he fighting against? And then once the world is all evil, you've lost, and there's no good, then you've lost the whole purpose. There might as well not be anything, because evil has no 
has no meaning if you don't have it to transpose against good. So yeah. if you eliminate all the good in the world, then evil is a meaningless idea. But yes, but mostly <laughs> they keep they keep talking about evil and good as if it's some sort of like label that you've internalized that you either are or you're not. Like it's right. a it's a zero sum, one or the other kind of thing, right? But you need a moral framework for that. You need something. You need but, something. And they have know? nothing. No. The only thing they try and give us for a moral framework is good never attacks only defends that seems to be the only thing that is the framework the ethos which is if you're good you don't attack first yeah but then the that's like what is the timeline in that i don't because you know they get may have get attacked first but then they they counterattack, right <laughs> well that's the whole the whole movie culminates yeah in the in the main character turning evil and then getting goading on the good people to attack first which right. then the supreme arbiter of goodness whoever this god is yes looks down on them and says yes they have violated the one and only law we have for good which is they attacked first so we're going to make them wear black clothes now <laughs> like and the other ones get to wear white clothes now because they're good so the only difference between good and evil is the color of your clothing right and that only changes whether or not you attack within a specific time frame in a battle <laughs> that's the only framework we have for good and evil no joke. That's the whole movie, <laughs> right? It's yeah, pretty much. I think so because they don't. They didn't change their. It didn't change their personas or anything when no, they got the black they clothes the, on. They, they were the clothes. same. They were the same people, but they had just different clothes on. Yeah, nothing yeah. changed about their personalities. Just no. their clothing. Yep. So that's it. This yeah. is a movie about clothing. <laughs> is the is the morality clothing based? It's yeah, maybe that. Like I was so so like the last film we watched i was so digging in this for something i was like because this is such a reflection of the world we're in now right where everything's either this way or that way you're either on this side or that side yeah, of this it could issue. have been biting commentary and yeah yet, but no because i was like okay well here's where they're going is yes everything has a gray area and we've lost the concept of nuance and everything is nuanced <laughs> that's and, what agatha was trying to say but we yeah, didn't include which she her just kept saying over and over and over again <laughs> and the other girl just saying. kept saying but you're good but i'm bad and you're good and <laughs> i'm bad and you're good and i'm in the wrong school well, you've got a black shirt now yeah i don't take my good boyfriend because i am the good girl and you're the bad girl <laughs> Oh God! It was just—it was Painful. manically crazy. Yeah, it was insane. So that just—it drove me bonkers. The whole movie was based on this idea, which they never yeah. explored, and which culminated in them in them changing shirts. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then this the point that they tried to make a point, kind of when Gregor—remember the nerdy kid? Right, poor they, Gregor. So let's just recap what happened to Gregor. Yes. So the rules, I don't even know what the rules of the school are. Don't right. be bad at school, I guess. So Gregor violated the rules by accidentally falling down a hill. Right. Accidentally falling off a horse and then getting bitten by a flower, which a lot of people had been at that point. And then uh, that made him run away. And so the the punishment for this is death. <laughs> they turn him into a skeleton crow. Right. And then he dies, and everyone's like, yes. Right. And then Agatha, who's the voice of us, is like, that's messed up. <laughs> She's like, what? Why? And yet and yet, nobody explores it. Nobody listens to Agatha and, no. and reflects on what's going on. And which, which kind of culminates in the scene where Agatha pulls this girl made of fish out of the wishing fish lake. 
Yeah. And and she kind of comes and says, oh, you're the first person who's ever wished for me to be free. And then she vanishes, which dies again. Maybe she dies again. Yeah. And but but that assumes purgatory like she was in some sort of limbo. And now right. she can go, I assume, to heaven. Is this Christian? I don't think so. So where is she coming from? Where is she going to? Where is she going? And then why did no one that just kind of died in the water? Right. Yeah. She's... Then no one talked. So she had been essentially imprisoned in limbo in a fish form right. by these good people. And no one talks about that. <laughs> That's pretty f- sick. That's pretty sick. That's some Satan level sick, right? And they, no, no one. Agatha's like, yo, that's messed up. And nobody cares. Nobody listens oh. to her. Oh my lord. Um, why was there modern music playing in this? The soundtrack has filled with modern music. Yep. I don't think that worked. But then again, we didn't know what time period we we're in anyway. So why not? Maybe it was twenty twenty. The audience for this is the, it the people, kids that question. read these books? Is that but what? Is this a kid? Because this is. This is not for my daughter. No. Because she's too sophisticated for this. Okay. But like, I feel like it's not, is it for a 10 year old? No. Because it's pretty, at some point the girl gets all like, she's wearing sexy stuff. And when they kiss, like it's a pretty hard kiss and there's some pretty scary scenes. So I don't know if it's for a 10 year old. Yeah. I just don't know what, I've never seen these books. Are they like a, like a young, young adult book series, like a Goosebumps type of series? Or is this something oh, a little more? It's, no, it's not young. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question, Dave, and I don't know what the movie is for either. Which which lends into why you're saying was there modern music, right? Well, like, why we had Billie Eilish? And Billie all that. Eilish, right? Is that is that the age group you're going for? But I th- I think you're right. I think that's kind of it's too it's not sophisticated enough for that age group. So here's a problem I had: is they're talking about this whole thing is based on uh, fairy tales. Yes, and so they're they're trying to make train people to be in fairy tales but the fairy tales they're talking about are disney fairy tales right, right. like all of these princesses and princes with their swords or whatever these are all the modern like post 1930s yes. versions of fairy tales which would have come from earlier like Grimm's, whatever yeah. which were totally different and darker and weirder right um which struck me as strange because again these characters are not in the 20th century right they're supposed to be from the 1800s or 1700s Right. So how would they, they at that time, these people wouldn't have this idea of what a f- modern Disney fairy tale would be. Right. So they, that, that was service to us as the modern viewer. Right. Because we know what that's what a fairy tale would be. But at that time period they were in, it wouldn't. So that didn't even make any yeah, sense to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so that was weird. Oh, my God. What, why did remember when that uh, knockoff? What'd you call him? Like low budget Snape low burped budget. and a green cloud came out. <laughs> that that might be my least favorite joke in the whole movie. Really? I hated it. Yeah, burp joke. That's <sighs> yep, pretty bad, pretty bad. Um, well, there's so many things on my list. I'm just going through it. I didn't understand how she could command bees all of a sudden. I don't... Like, I understood she had a couple of squirrels that sort of kind of hung out, but then all of a sudden she's commanding a swarm of bees. I don't... This is what I don't understand, because it seemed like that swarm of bees was actually the bad brother. Right, so... So she she commanded nothing. So she had no magic? Did she do that, or that just happened? I don't know. Yeah. Could she command animals, like like Cinderella or whatever? I don't know. She it's probably can now because she's got the the old so gold finger. So I don't understand. That was so confusing. Um, so do you remember when the like the Gregor guy comes back and he's the, the the dinosaur skeleton crow? Yes. And he's standing over the girl, and then Prince Charming runs up and murders the crow. 
But yeah. like, weren't the crows all their friends? Like they brought them to the castles. Yeah. So they would all know these crows as part of this world and not something that you should attack. So it made no sense that everyone freaked out when they saw it and ran away. I'm like, this, like literally two days ago, this same bird was your pal who picked you up and brought, he's like an Uber driver. (laughs) It's like, if I saw an Uber driver, like standing next to you, Dave, I wouldn't go and and kill him. Yeah. Anyway. Which also begs the question, like what is the, is everybody mortal in this world? I didn't understand that. Even the magic, you know, like, you know, creatures that are all powerful, like the the two Morpheuses, yeah, are clearly as mortal as anyone else. Because he fell off a cliff, and the other guy thought he was dead. I'm like, oh, well, so they're not gods; they're just random guys with jumping with, abilities, I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, so I didn't understand some of the arc of the blonde lady. Yeah, because <laughs> at some point, she's like, she gets corrupted by by young Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm going to embrace this new short hair. And so she gets all sexy. Right. But she's not evil yet. She's just sexy. Right. And but she's like, I guess I'm kind of evil. And I have I have these friends now and I can command them. Right. But I'm not evil. And then Agatha, Agatha's like, hey, you're not evil. She's like, yeah, I know. And then she's like, you got to kiss this prince for some reason. We don't know. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? You got to do something. <laughs> so they go to the archery thing. And so she shoots an arrow. And it hits the target. And then the prince is like, I love you so much now because you hit. And so she's like, yeah, it's because I'm good. I told right. you. And then they get together. And then it turns out she doesn't want to save him. And then she turns <laughs> evil. But again, for real, though, this time she's for real evil. And that's how she's going to win him back. And then she doesn't want to win him back. I don't understand you, any of that. Have you ever met a teenage girl? You, you have a teenage girl <laughs> living in your house. Does this to any of this strike you as familiar? Like no, no, no. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's commentary on teenage on teenagers. Okay, fine. Yeah, but, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, but I, I agree with you. Like it's all over the map. I don't know what in the heck is happening, right? With yeah. this girl, she's like, I couldn't follow anything that you. I couldn't explain why she was doing anything she was doing. And then I thought, well, is she possessed by this guy? Is mm. he like? Because mm-hmm. then I was like, well, then she has no free will in this. In this oh, decision. then we're back to this. The yeah, is is he actually manipulating her with his powers, and because he seems to be able to take well, on all these different forms, and does that explain why Sophie doesn't go to help the Prince Charming guy? Because he's like, throw me the sword, and she's like, no, and doesn't throw it, and then Agatha has to go save him. I didn't understand what was motivating her to not save this person who she knew she needed to kiss in order to get home or whatever. I don't know either if she was just paralyzed by fear. Like none of that, none of this made any sense. Yeah, I, and then I, she gets angry at Agatha after that, and that made no sense. Yeah. Uh no, none of that made sense. Uh, the dancing, the dancing from the evil people when they were having the first evil teenage ball. Do you remember this? They're right. dancing yes. like weird <laughs> skeletons or like old grandmas. <laughs> Or like me and a bit like I've had a bad night's sleep and I'm getting out of bed and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, that's what they look. It looked so bizarre. Right. Uh, so were they supposed to couple up as well? And then what happens? Aren't they all just villains and stories or I don't understand why they're having a ball. Like, I don't why understand do need... why anyone is having a ball. <laughs> I don't understand what anyone's doing in this place. <laughs> and where are they supposed to? Because they can't leave the grounds because right. there's a scary forest for some reason. 
that made right. no sense. So do they just get plucked out of the story and dropped into so an, another story? By the skeleton crows, right? Or do, are they supposed or is the school grounds the only place where stories happen? I see it's it it's it's not clear at it's, all. It's not clear. Um also I was kind of creeped out by like Lawrence Fishburne, who's either sixty years old <laughs> or two thousand and sixty years old, and he's <laughs> macking on this teenage girl and they kiss like kind of passionately. And I'm like, you, right, right, because right. he's either he's either Lawrence. Imagine Lawrence Fishburne making out with that girl, yeah. or a two thousand year old version of Lawrence Fishburne. It, it didn't <laughs> seem right to me. It's, it was wrong. Yeah, you're right. And then there's the other part, the other scene that I laughed in, mm-hmm. which wasn't supposed to be funny, <laughs> but was when the blonde princess girl gets impaled by the giant pen. <laughs> And it goes right into it, and I just laugh. I guffawed. I'm like, because <laughs> it looks so silly. And she's sitting there looking at this giant pen, thinking, I was imagine if I was the actor on set, and I was just walking around with this giant pen, I think every, like, I'd hey, be, look at my pen. Look you at this. Oh, everyone would be laughing. You borrow a pen? Yeah. It'd be so funny. Anyway, I guffawed at that. Hmm. And why, after the castle gets destroyed and everyone's dying, and then it starts to get rebuilt, do all the evil and good people decide... Oh, now we're friends. What I changed? Don't. Yeah, don't know. What changed? Getting crushed by stuff. <laughs> I don't know. And does that mean that some of them die? And because obviously, like half of this castle collapsed. Somebody, there must have been some fatalities. Also, or did they all come back to life? They're fighting with magic and swords. Right. <clears throat> did no one die? I didn't see anyone get stabbed. That guy hit a 20 little kids in the he- back of the head with a giant mace. Yes. Are you telling me no one died? Even in the opening scene, I was like, oh, this is like A-team. This is like the A-team, yeah, right? lots of shooting. Lots of shooting. Like when they're having the sword fight in the hall in the very first scene, and there's a, a bad guy there, and they're fighting, and I'm like, okay, well, he's he's going to trips him with his sword or something. And then he's like, oh, well, that's it. Game over. Yeah. Right? You win. Try good triumphs again. I thought, oh, you got to run him through with your sword. But then, of course, he wouldn't be good, I guess. So or would he? No, the rules are you can't. You can kill people after the battle's been started, okay. but you have thirty minutes right. to do yes, it. You yeah, still could they, kill them. Otherwise, you got to change shirts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that the rules, Dave. We've yeah. established the rules. This, yeah, the ground rules are clear. Yeah. Um, so at the very end of the movie, mm-hmm. the bad blood magic guy, who's the wrong kind of evil, right? I guess he's now banished. So now we're back to the regular kind of evil. Yes, which which is useful and or good. I don't know. And so now the balance is restored, and so now the the bad people, the evil people, and the good people are mingling together and like pairing up and just like having lunch together and watching Netflix on Friday nights. Like yep. what what happened? What well, have we learned? Where are we? What's changed? What's well, going on? As far on? as I can tell, the only two people that were keeping this in balance, and they weren't even anyway, because one of them was dead, <laughs> unbeknownst to everyone else, or maybe beknownst to everyone else. Oh, who knows? I don't what? know. So they they're both dead now. So would that not mean just chaos? Like there is no balance in the anymore because they're the two people that were keeping it in balance, and hadn't even been keeping it in balance for the last God knows how many two thousand years anyway. Yeah. So now we've got no balance. Is there, are they going to be replaced by somebody? Is there somebody new to replace balance. these two brothers? Or are the new are the two best friends? One of them who is good, and the other one who is supposed to be evil but isn't is actually good. Are they the balance? Do, do those now? concepts even mean anything anymore? Because we don't have any representatives that are enforcing them in this universe. So yeah. why does it even matter? No, don't understand it. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, there's just a lot of little details, but I feel like I've hit the 
oh no wait there's a whole other page i missed <laughs> oh no uh, uh why why are they sharing a lunch room <laughs> what's weird to me is like at some point agatha's like i gotta go sneak over to the evil castle and help my friend and so she's out on the ledge and there's a fat cupid shooting arrows at her brain and she almost dies and she's risking her life and then like six hours later they're having breakfast together in the same room in the shared like mess hall like why didn't you just wait to go to the shared mess hall you could talk to all the people from the other castle right there every day all day you can just mingle no problem the cgi wolf the one you know the piano man there the yeah. uh, billy joel at the piano He's not stopping you from talking to each other. You can talk anytime you want. You don't need to sneak past the Cupid. I didn't understand it. That's true. And where was that located, right? Is that on the bridge? Is that like. Yeah, a... where is the mess hall? <laughs> is it underwater? Where is the mess hall? They made, they made such a big deal about dropping these people in the two halves when apparently you can just walk back and forth to get, grab a snack and go visit your friends yeah, in the it's evil like, castle. All you'd have to do is just put on a black dress and voila, you're in the. <laughs> Just pretend you're in the other school, you know? Yeah. So weird. Why do they... That's so weird. Um, oh, That's it. That's it. Really? That's it? You've only been oh, going on for... Just the girl. <laughs> so the, she's like, I hope I'm not too late. This is after she decides she's going to have short hair but is not evil but right. wearing black. Yeah. So she went goth but not evil goth. And then she does this whole like slow, sexy walk and everyone stares to look at her. What is that transformation? What has trans... Like what's going on? She just put on... She put on different colored clothes yeah. again and suddenly everyone's like oh my god everything's different now and i was probably not paying very close attention by this point but why does she turn ugly what happened there um because the the bloodfinger guy uh, they touched hands and so, so she now turns ugly but then turned back to not ugly well that's because the the because the good and evil switched because they had the they violated the one good rule so they switched shirts but oh. when they switched shirts they also switched faces so oh, some okay. people ended up with some moles or whatnot, I guess. So, okay. I don't I know. See, I'm see. just spitballing here, Dave. Yep. I have no clue what's going on. Yep. The metaphysics of this world are effed up. Also, finger glow <laughs> ceremony. Are you going to get your finger glow? Ugh. <laughs> that sounded gross. Um, and again, I was confused by that because then I was like, well, wait, don't the evil people already have magic? Why are they giving out more magic? Is it different magic? What even is blood magic? No one explains that. Mm -hmm. uh, what is this happy ending that they're chasing? Because again, <laughs> that's uh, it sounds sexual, but it sounds but it sounds like the Dis the Disney fairy tale thing. This happy ending concept that's modern. Yeah, that's not in original fairy tales. No, it's all about punishing children for being insolent. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I don't understand anything. <laughs> I don't understand anything. No. Three pages. Three pages, and you're you're even more exasperated than you were when you started. Oh my god! I got we're long. We uh, we should wrap up this section, right, Dave. Well, I'm okay. Well, um, let's just jump to something that doesn't need to be in here. This didn't need to be in there. Why oh why did they include this scene? This didn't need to be in there. Tell me what were they thinking? Well, for me, it was that that finger scene where they got their magic by stabbing their fingers by pricking their fingers yes but they i don't know what the filmmakers were thinking they just they they closed up on the finger and then they close up on this giant needle going all the way through the finger through the bone out the other end and it was so graphic right and like i've like i've been i've been on a sewing machine before dave and You've been and, impaled yeah I, I've, I've sewn my finger many many times <laughs> i'm not good at using equipment and and it hurts and it's awful and it's disturbing and that's only a little bit in and it's not going through the bone like that was a horrific 
yes. visual. Yeah. It was the grossest thing in the movie. Yeah. And I didn't want to see it. And it also, <laughs> there was no sanitation of that needle no. between pricks. That's just, there's just a lot there's hepatitis. Of hepatitis. It's like rife yeah. with hepatitis. The whole school. Yeah. Hepatitis. Hepatitis. <laughs> uh, well, I mine was a toss up between the end scene. I was like, finally, this goddamn thing is over, right? And then that's, that arrow comes through the mystical hole, <laughs> which now, you know, now you don't need a smoke monster and a bird to carry you away. Now there's just like <laughs> just, a mystical hole, a hole into your world, <laughs> mystical right? Mystical hole. And then this arrow comes flying through. And then it's like, and it's desperate plea for a, a like a sequel. Like, I need oh, you, Agatha. Yeah, God, no. You just left five seconds so, ago, yeah. right? Like, I guess. I don't know. I just like the term mystical hole. Mystical <laughs> hole. Yeah. So I was like, uh, get rid of the mystical hole. We just end this thing right now. Yeah. Put it, put it out of its misery. Right. So that, and basically I could, could have done without half of the sword fights. Because once I realized, oh, there's no stakes in these sword fights because no one is going to get run through. There's going to be no bloodshed, and no one's going to get injured. <laughs> Hi, Dave. Hi. Say again, Dave. Say again. What? I just am afraid this has not been recording the whole time. Oh, no. I hope so. <laughs> Let's keep going and anyway. pretend everything's cool. Okay. Uh... If this, Dave, if this podcast <laughs> didn't record... And we've been cursed by this movie. Oh, you'll be so angry. Yeah. I'm so angry. 52 minutes, and I'm afraid that you've been sitting over like 10 feet from me on another microphone, and it has Not. only been picking up on my microphone this whole time. Wow. So would you like me just to go back through everything? <laughs> I would like to burn this house down and move yeah, to no. England in 1830-34. Okay. Yeah, I'd rather beat myself to death with this microphone than talk more about this. Oh, so Jesus God. Okay. Um, yeah, half the sword fights. Let's dump half the sword fights. Yep, sword fights were stupid. I agree. Yeah. All right, let's get out of. Let's wrap this up. Now I'm All even right. more frustrated. What about a scene you wish you were in? I wish I was in that scene. It's really freaking cool. Yeah, really freaking cool. I wish I was in that scene. Don't you? I wanted to be in the scene where she was impaled by the pen. Yes. Because I wanted to be the medic who'd be like, whoa, 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 nobody, nobody pull out the pen. This might be holding her organs in place. Like it might be <laughs> like the bleeding might be being staunched by the pen. So just leave the pen in there until we call somebody who knows what they're doing. Don't pull out the giant pen from this tiny girl's torso, please. You just wanted to leave the pen in because it's hilarious to look and at. And it right? was funny to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm. I would want to be. You know how, like in Harry Potter, they keep bringing in a new, like, uh, uh, professor of the dark arts. I'd be like the new philosophy professor that comes in, but instead of like you know joining one of these ridiculous like uh, faculty groups that they're in, I would be just like like teaching like an underground philosophy course of like moral relativism, and it'd be out like somewhere out on the bridge. You know, everybody underneath the bridge. <laughs> Moral relatives right in the middle. You'd be in the cafeteria. Yeah. So I'd be in the cafeteria, like explaining, okay, guys, we need to, you know, like I tried to give some structure to this whole thing, right? And explain to these people that keep crowing on about how they're good or evil <laughs> that none of this makes any sense unless you have some kind of, you know, guide, guiding guideposts to, for what these words even mean. Yeah. So. Yeah. Give them a lesson. Even yep. and the teachers as well. Everyone needs a lesson from you, Dave. Yeah. So I would be like the traveling, the new professor of, of moral, moral philosophy, re moral relativism. That's what this movie needed desperately. Yeah. Ugh. Um, do you have any trivia for this? 
Directed by Paul Feig, who's very funny and cre- it has made a lot of movies that I absolutely love. Yeah, Bridesmaids. Uh huh. Uh huh. The Heat. Yeah. Uh, Spy. Yes. Love all that stuff. And then, then this. This is a strange, strange. Very confused and sad that this happened to him and us. Yes. Um, I don't have any trivia, but okay, <laughs> I do have some quotes from Beyond Good and Evil, Nietzsche's uh, <laughs> seminal work from 1886. <laughs> I've got it over there. Yeah. that's It's when they did say Beyond Good and Evil, I'm like, ooh, ooh, I think that's a Nietzsche reference. Yeah. Do you want to hear some quotes? I'd love to. All right. <clears throat> Madness is something rare in individuals, but in groups, parties, people, and ages, it is the rule. That's correct. Yes. Thank so some, you. A lot of these pertain to this movie, actually. <clears throat> Blessed are the forgetful, for they get over their stupidities as well. Oh, man. Uh... There is no such thing as a moral phenomena, but only a moral interpretation of phenomena. That's so, right. Yep. That's right. So that kind of pertains God, to this film. That's what this movie needed. It was you <clears throat> in there explaining Nietzsche to these people. And one last one. He, and this, this one will be familiar to a lot of folks. <clears throat> well, maybe not. But <laughs> he who fights with monsters might take care lest he thereby become a monster. And if you gaze for long into an abyss, the abyss gazes also into you. Yes. Classic. Yes. Classic. So there, we'll end on a high note. I'd rather just have had two and a half hours of Nietzsche quotes <laughs> and just, I would have been, I wouldn't have been any happier, Dave. No. But I would have been less confused, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here's what we're watching next week. Okay. It's Cabinet of Mysteries. Mysteries. It's a television show. Okay, and good. so we're going to watch season one, episode one of Cabinet of Mysteries. Sounds good. Because uh, it's either that or All Quiet on the Western Front, which I hear is a good rendition, this good new Netflix version. I've already watched probably three quarters of it. So it, it is, is it good? good? Yeah, it's in German. And yeah, it's, it's in yeah. Um, I hear it's good. Yep. But I don't want to watch a war movie. Okay. Yeah, um, it is pretty bleak for yeah. sure. So that's what we're watching. God help us. I hope this recorded your voice, Dave. <clears throat> I'll just be in the background, like agreeing with your ranting and raving. It'll be like a solo of you just ranting and raving, uh, and me going like uh-huh. that, the hype man from like yeah. across the street. Oh yeah, I'm That's the like... hype man, but I'm like your next door neighbor. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I was also confused. <laughs> I was also. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us, everybody. I hope you made it through this podcast, and I hope you didn't have to watch this uh, on our account. Yes. I apologize if you do. Um, thanks to all of our supporters out there. Uh, we really appreciate all of your uh, kind emails and and the support we receive from those who went to wirepeoplewatchingthis.com uh, through a bit of cash our way to uh, <clears throat> allow us to buy these microphones that I sometimes forget to turn on. And yep. <laughs> um, I really appreciate it. And you're all amazing people. And, um, and we'll see you next week after we watch uh, Cabinet of Mysteries. Cabinet of Mysteries. Farewell. <laughs> If you enjoyed the show, please give us a rating and maybe a review on the Apple Podcast Store. This is the number one thing you can do to help out the show, strangely enough. And it's simple and it's easy and you can do it right now. If you got a bit of extra cash to kick around and want to support the show financially, check us out on whyarepeoplewatchingthis.com. There's a link there to support the show. 
The music you hear during the show is written and produced by me and my very talented wife. Why Are People Watching This is a production of Outside the Lines Press with support from the Black Box Collective and Anaganish Improv.